Everybody, welcome to Monday Night Live in Lexington, you guys. Happy Monday night. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is where we discover what and who we are in this journey called life. Good to see you guys all here tonight. Um, I hope you got your notifications and you're getting into the chat. Let's see. Hey to Yasmin Jadun on YouTube and Charles Biggs on Facebook. Good to see you guys. You're going to notice a, a couple things that are different. They added some features to uh, Restream, and I'll go over those with you. Hey to K.E. White over here on Instagram. Philippa McKee, good to see you tonight on Instagram. Instagram's going to look a little bit better. Usually, you know, I had to do you guys from the side, but tonight, since I've switched streaming platforms, I can go face on with the um instagram right now so let me make sure that everything's working okay all right so a couple of new things that you're gonna see on the screen there is this um over here support the stream with a qr code that says buy me a coffee okay <laughs> and it's also up here on the screen because i'm going to take this down in just a minute when everybody gets on but if you want to throw a dollar or two my way to, you know, for equipment, equipment like this, okay, this is not cheap. <laughs> and <laughs> it helps the show if um, I can get just a little bit of something to support all of the, you know, the, the restream subscription is around $37 a month and then we have all the equipment so it is very helpful um, when people donate little bits here and there um, it really helps a lot it goes a long way to me being able to get a new microphone or get new lights hey to KYGS Ryder over here on Instagram hey to Cindy Hall and Ina Thompson on Facebook so what you do with the QR codes is you, you have to have a QR scanner or sometimes the new cameras on the new phones all you have to do is point the camera to the QR code and it'll bring up a little option that says copy or open in browser and all you have to do is click open in browser and it'll take you directly to a link where you can send a dollar or two if you feel so inclined um, so, <laughs> so anyway Tonight is um, some dreams that have been sent in from people. Uh, and hang on just a second. We have to block that. 
Uh, I will try to watch the stream for nastiness like that and block it. Um, you know, that's part of doing a live stream. You're going to be subject to that kind of stuff. How, uh, Philippa wants to know, how are, how am I doing? You know what? I'm going to be honest with you guys. We have been so, and I have noticed a lot of my clients have saying this. I'm so tired the last two weeks. And I think that it is because, you know, the earth is, is moving and we are trying to transition into spring. And from what I hear of the clients that I have in India, uh, spring has already started there. So I think we're feeling this shift of the earth's movement. And you know what? It is hard on you and it's hard on your body when these um, transitions take place. And we need to, you know, if you really feel like that, like I did, you need to honor that and take time out and take extra rest. Hey, to my big brother, Daniel, on uh, YouTube, <laughs> he says, having trolls means you are doing something right. Well, I hope so. <laughs> but I'm really stoked about the new features on the channel here. These little QR codes got me real excited. And uh, so another thing I want to show you is that they are allowing me, like tonight we're going to talk about dreams. We're going to talk about, I'm going to give you all the dreams that people have sent in to me. And I've sat down and I've taken the time out of the day to analyze these thoroughly because I want to step through the dreams and kind of show you how to interpret those. Now, so let's say I want to suggest a really good dream interpretation book off of my Amazon store. Well, now I have the ability to do that. So welcome to the Awakened Dreamer. Uh, and so all you have to do on this is scan the QR code, right? And it will take you to my Amazon shop and I get maybe 10 cents off of you buying it, but hey, 10 cents is 10 cents. So, uh, so what I do is I look through all the books and I take the ones that are my, are my absolute favorites, the ones that I think that'll benefit you the most. And I put them in the Amazon shop. So everything in the Amazon shop is my personal recommendation. Now here's another one. Let me show you another one. This is one that I absolutely require from all my students. If they're taking a one-on-one -on -one course with me, be it, you know, introduction to psychic abilities or the one-on-one -on -one mediumship course that I offer, the uh, private tutelage, you have to have that book. You have to have this book right here uh, because it is essential to you understanding the world, the psychic realm and mediumship because this is the language of spirit right here. Dream symbology. That's the language of spirit. Hey to W Pat on Instagram and Seashell. Good to see you guys tonight. Glad that you're joining. Um, and so what I'll what I'm gonna do is I'll I'll take these down and um, I will put the chat up so that I can pay closer attention to the questions. And um, we can see what's going on here. 
Uh, okay. Hey to Judith Hezix. Good, I'm glad you got the notification finally. And special shout out to uh, my wonderful son and his family on Lawrence Family Productions. And, you know, what we need to do a show just on some of the stuff that they are getting into, some of the projects, because I know there's a lot of people that would like to know about that. Hey to Janice, good to see you tonight. And Mick Gillicuddy, we know who that is. <laughs> you need some ma Catherine magic tonight. Well, I don't know if I have any magic, but I hope it works for you. So let's get into some dreams, shall we? Because we have people watching tonight who have been waiting and waiting for these dreams to be interpreted. And I really apologize for last week. What happened was we were on our way back from Paducah to Lexington. It was a sunny day. And, you know, in the winter, the trees are kind of sparse. And so what was happening is we were driving from the west end of the state to the east end of the state right into the sun in the afternoon and the flickering of the light through the trees gave me the most horrendous migraine and i was like oh i can't do it because staring at the screen would have just drove me crazy so um i apologize for not being able to do it last week but my goodness that the flickering of the sun really can get to me hey, hey to joe bruce good to see you tonight so let's start, let's just jump in. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the dream and then I'm go. I'm going to go back and kind of show you the pieces of the dream that really stand out and give you the interpretation. Okay, so now this person is dreaming. I'm not going to go too much into detail because a lot of it is irrelevant, I guess. So in this dream, this person thought, that she was at home, but realized it was something completely different. And she was trying her best to get out of the reality or the place that she was in. Now, the place that she was in was an exact replica of her home and room. Now, that is because I think that it was the astral reflection of the actual home and room. And every time she tried to get out of that space, there were these beings um, that would feel like they were helping me get out of the reality. But I started realizing that they were actually a part of that reality and they didn't want me to get out, but they were acting like they were, but they weren't like taking it seriously enough or just they were starting as the dream progressed they were starting to look a little darker to her and so she is telling herself to wake up because every time she tried anything and everything to get out of that reality she was just stuck and so it felt like a torture so she couldn't like she couldn't communicate with anybody she couldn't call her um friends that she needed to hey to divine guidance good to see you tonight um, so she, you know, she's trying different ways to get out of this reality and she's saying to herself, I need to change, uh, how I move in order to get out. So then she starts screaming, wake up to the walls. And eventually that woke her up 
and she was in the same room that was a, like a copy of the room that she was in before. So here's how I'm analyzing that. Um, she is in a fadeaway. She describes being sort of in halfway awake, halfway dream state at the beginning of the dream. And so that's theta wave, which is a deep trance-like state. And that is the best brainwave to enter into astral travel. And so when she suddenly appears in this other room, that is an exact copy of the actual room she's in, I feel like what she is in is an astral representation or an astral state of the actual room that she's in. Okay. Now she notices that there are beings there that appear to be helping her, but in reality, they're preventing her from leaving the room. That can be taken two ways. This can actually be beings from that altered reality that are trying to keep her in that reality, or it can also be in real life. It can be uh, the subconscious trying to communicate with her that there are people that appear in life to be helping her, but they're not really helping her. So I'm voting for the second interpretation, the second interpretation, which is her subconscious trying to cue her in that there are people trying that appear like they're trying to help her, but they're really not trying to help her. So the next thing is that she's, um, feeling like she needs to change how she moves. Now that's a key factor because changing something about how you move or how you communicate, maybe the people that are trying appear like they're trying to help her, but they're really not. She has to change the way that she communicates with them or the way that she deals with them. So when she starts to scream at the walls, wake up, that is a sign of a lucid, um, it's, it's a lucid dreaming inside the dream because, you know, when you are dreaming, most of the time things are happening to you and you're not in control of uh, the actual dream. But when she's screaming back, that's a lucid dreaming technique and she is actually in a, doing a lucid dream type of technique there where she's in control of it. Hey to John Fields, good to see you tonight and 111 word. Good to see you. 1111 word. <laughs> good to see you tonight. I will try to watch for questions as best I can. Hello to Sa Sandra Lee Small, good to see you tonight. So if you have any questions about anything, just put them in the chat and I'll try to look at them over there. Um, so she used a lucid dreaming technique, which I think she should work more with lucid dreaming and taking control of her dreams a little bit better so that she knows how to navigate her everyday life. And I hope that makes sense to you. So the relaxed state was theta. And so that's how this all took place. Uh, let's see if there's anything else on that interpretation. So my interpretation was that 
the desperation to remove yourself caused a lucid dream action in which you scream to produce the result. So in waking life, you need to take control of your destiny instead of allowing others to determine it for you or to try to push you in a direction that you don't want to go. All right. So now here's the next dream. And this is a really good one. And it's so symbolic. I just, I absolutely love this one. So this lady's father has passed away and he's visiting her in a dream. Now he has two envelopes and they're both white and they are in what was a mailbox for her. And uh, then she transitions to a house and the house resembles a house that they lived in most of her life. It didn't feel like home. And her father was on her right side and a half a step behind, only observing. And she didn't hear anything. It was cooler weather, maybe early spring. Okay. There was green ivy and wild onion growing between the back and the side. And she couldn't understand why that was allowed to grow or why that she had allowed that to grow. So she had to cross through this wild ivy and these onions and bending over them to get into the garden spot. And she noticed that the, the garden spot is, spot is brown and wilted and needs cleaned out. Okay. And in the backyard was a small garden plot that we felt needed to be cleared. From here, she notices a single new bush that her dad has planted beside the house. She walks up to the bush where her father was concealing a work trailer. And she pull and he pulls it out. And by the time she got through the rut, it was hiding in. Um, and someone was with them, a male that had already cleaned the area. She just remembers how ugly the trailer looked at the side of the house. And she and she's thinking there's got to be a better place. And how fast the fellow that was with them got the garden cleared. And it ended with her dad observing the whole thing. Okay, so let's break this down step by step. So she's at this place that feels like the house that she lived in a long time ago, the house that she lived in with her father, but it doesn't really feel like home. Well, that's because it's representation of a pastime and her consciousness knows that she's not living there now. So the consciousness is trying to make sense of this. So her father appears and she notices that it is cooler weather, early spring. And that is a trigger to the conscious mind to say, this is planting time, or this is time to clear your garden. Uh, let's see. Janice says, when your dreams have the same theme, attempting, but not succeeding different situations. Okay, Janice, any time that you have a repetitive dream, anytime you have a repetitive dream, that is your subconscious uh, presenting the same information uh, in different ways to see if you will deal with it or to see if you can deal with it. And so if you don't deal with it on one occasion, what your subconscious will do is, is to change the dream slightly and send it to you in a different form, but almost the same in the hopes that you try to deal with the subject matter of the dream that time. And so that's what produces this repetitive theme. So Janice, you need to send me those so we can figure out what it is 
that we need to work on to get these dreams to go away. So WPAT89 says, can you be awake and dream? I was listening to music and either had a daydream or a vision where I saw Jesus and was shown the night sky and other solar systems thoughts. Yes, that's a deep trance state. It's called theta wave. It's a very uh, slow brain wave. Uh, it's where most prophetic information comes through. And it's also the brain wave state that, that spirits use for communication. And so, yes, you can be in, in a dream and be awake. And, and sometimes the most important messages and the most important visitations are in that theta wave state. And, you, and the thing is, regular dreams you readily forget. And by the time you get to breakfast, that dream is gone. But visitations and prophetic dreams like yours, WPAT, those stay with you you don't forget any detail about the dream it's more of a visitation it's more of a real prophetic type of experience than it is a dream because dreams are really your subconscious trying to present information that you have to internally work on so let's get back to the garden so she's noticing that it is cooler weather denotes early spring that kind of triggers the thought I need to work on the garden I need to get it cleared um, she notices that there's a curvy row of, of ivy and wild onion growing wild and she has to walk through that to get the garden get to the garden and so she's having these thoughts of why have I let this grow, grow out of control meaning subconsciously what's happening is she's realizing there are aspects of this that I've let go and it has gotten out of control. And so that's the symbolic interpretation of why have I let this grow out of control? And she has to cross through these to get to the garden. And she notices that her garden, her mind, the garden is the mind and the mind garden spot is full of things that are wilted things that are brown things that need cleared out right and she's she's realizing that that's areas of life in the mind that need to be cleansed and cleared now then we see where she says she realizes that the small garden spot she felt needed to be cleared well that's the mind and the spirit and the, and the consciousness and then from there she notices that her dad walks uh, back up to the bush and pulls out a work trailer that he's been hiding okay now this is difficult to interpret okay so he pulls this work trailer out and she's thinking how did he get that in there? And then suddenly there's a, a mysterious male that appears that cleans all the area out. Okay, so here, here's my interpretation of this. Because it, this takes place in a setting where her father is in this home, like it's a home that they used to, it's similar to a home that they used to reside in when, when she was younger. I feel like that that's representative of the fact that he, in her earlier life, gave her the tools that she needed 
to clear out negative things or horrible things that may have happened, right? And so he's kind of showing her again, you've got the tools they were hidden maybe, but you have the tools that I gave you for dealing with all of this. And then I think that the, the male, the mysterious male that suddenly comes in and clears the garden out, I think is her prayer work uh, because she's Christian and she believes in Jesus and God. And I think her personal relationship with Jesus is what cleared out most of the dying and dead refuse that was in the previous garden. And so her dad is kind of visiting her, re-showing all this to her, saying, here's what you need to do. This, you need to pray on this. This is, you know, what you do to clear your garden out. Hey to Priscilla on YouTube and welcome to the show. Glad to see you here and please feel free to ask any questions that you want. So that that is how I interpret that dream for her. Now, here's, here's a really good one. Um, this is from a female, older female. And um, so let me tell you the dream and then we'll go back and dissect it. So she says, I was at a local middle school where I taught for 18 years and she still works in the same school district in a different role. All the faculty was gathered in front in the front office for announcements, discussions. A school employee had been appointed to be spokesperson. The discussion was about the new principal being hired. They were giving information shared and the comment was made that the person chosen for the job was a middle man emphasis on man so she raises her hand to ask if middle man meant someone that is male at the school or was meant to convey someone who would be a middleman or a buffer for the staff and whoever's answering her question says male so she leaves the front office and goes back to the outgoing principal's office um, where the outgoing principal and superintendent were. She asked to speak to the superintendent privately and she shares with the superintendent what was told regarding the middle man and she basically had no defense definitive answer for her. So the superintendent did not have a definite, definitive answer for her. So she turns around to reach for the doorknob and suddenly there's no doorknob. So she couldn't go back out the door that she came in. So she, so the superintendent le lets her out of another door, which leads her back to the front office. And at that point she wakes up. Okay, so, let, so let's dive into this. Hey to Betsy Conklin and David over here on, on uh, Instagram. Good to see you tonight. Let me make sure there's no other questions. Okay, so here's how I'm going to interpret that. Now, all right, so she's asking, or they're saying, the comment was made by the person chosen for the job was a middle man. Emphasis on man. So the reason why I think they added middle to it, at the remember at the beginning of the dream, she works at a middle school. 
and so I think that that's why the middle was stuck in there is because it is a middle school or an in-between school in between small children and high school that's the middle um now she's she is getting the idea from the people she's trying to communicate with that the person is male that's going to be coming in that could be like a prophetic type of situation where her subconscious already knows that it is going to be male and is trying to just prepare her for the fact that it's going to be changed from female to male and so it's, it's a you know just like an acclimation like your subconscious is trying to accl acclimate you to that now she goes to the outgoing principal's office and she wants to talk to the superintendent about what's going on and the superintendent is evasive so she's feeling the avoidance her subconscious is trying to communicate with her which is not necessarily bad but it is just preparing her for an evasive type of communication that might take place if she asked any questions now here's another interesting fact here when she uh, is about to leave and she turns around to reach for the doorknob the doorknob is gone okay now here's several things that this could be because the doorknob is gone that could be her subconscious signaling to her that she may be feeling blocked in with no outlet okay um she may be having conflicts over uh future situations at at work at the workplace the is sort of leadership angst you know are is this person going to be a good leader it's um you know all those stressors that are happening when things are changing in the leadership roles and so you know if that consciousness is perceiving that things might change or that people might leave their positions and somebody else might take over and then two here's a now i'm gonna throw another kink in the works here because what if there are no changes that are being made at the school then why is she tapping into this she may be tapping into an alternate reality where these things are actually taking place how about that that's <laughs> now that that'll throw your mind for a loop but i mean i have a lot of people that come in and will tell me about precognitive dreams that they've had and they're afraid because they think that if they don't say anything or do anything that bad things are happening you know and they're getting these messages precognitively but what's actually happening is the fact that these things that are happening have already happened in time and space and that's why the subconscious is picking up on them because you can't at some point in an alternate reality or this reality you can't change it it's and that's why you're picking up on it is it is something that has already happened because we know that our conceptualization of time is now it's not linear but time is more locational 
So Priscilla wants to know, do we write in about our dreams on your channel? Oh, okay. So what I'll do is, um, what you can do, Priscilla, is you can message me on Facebook or you can message me at my email. And let me just drop my email really quick here. And so what you want to do is um, send your dream in by email or Facebook Messenger. And I can get it on the schedule for next month on the Open Dream Interpretation. So let's see. Hypothetically, hypothetically, say you're dreaming about someone about to set off a bomb and just as they hit the destin the detonation you are awakened by thunder how does your mind know the thunder is coming hmm i need more information on that like <laughs> hypothetical let me see uh say you're dreaming about someone who's about to set off a bomb and just as they hit the detonation you're awake okay now this this is just a possibility because anytime that you hear thunder and you are dreaming it's usually an astral projection and the thunder that's loud uh crack is when the astral body is going out i don't know you know it travels out to go to different destinations um so i really need more information sunny boy about you know like the background who's do you know the person detonating the bomb how did you end up there um is this a subconscious representation of something um but i think the thunder crack is like an astral projection so you may be dreaming and then you're astral projecting we gotta investigate this a little bit more and see exactly what's going on there so message me and let me know some details a little bit more details about that um let's see okay so wpat wants to know so you, so you could be dreaming of other people and it's actually happening but in another dimension we might be tapping into that yes absolutely I, I urge you Debbie Pat to go back to my YouTube channel please subscribe would love to have you as a subscriber but go back to my YouTube channel and there are a couple of videos on dream walking and that's when people enter each other's dreams and interact in the dream but the thing is you have to figure out who is the dream walker and who's the person that they're invading the space of but it's definitely real and it, it is a type of astral projection but you are entering into someone else's dream and experiencing that with that so so kitty cat says I understand what you're trying to say on Lawrence Family Productions. Why I can't page down any further to see your all's uh, stuff. Oh well, I, I'll get caught up anyway. Yeah, we need more. I need more information on the uh, bomb thing. You know, did did you see the bomb? Where where were you at? What were the colors there? 
Um, when did the th thunder crack? How does your mind know the thunder is coming? Yeah, I need more information. We got to see the whole landscape of the dream. And that's, um, Kitty Cat says it's the timing. Yeah, I, I, I agree with the timing. But I want to know more about, I want to know more about, is this an astral projection? And thunder is the separation of the astral from the physical. Because uh, you're going to hear a thunder or you're going to hear like a train roaring when the astral projection starts. And uh, anytime that you... Uh, are wondering about whether or not you've had an astral projection. I really recommend that you go to one of my friends channel. It's called the lucid dreamer on YouTube. And she's been on the show before we've had her on the show. And um, she's really good at kind of teaching you about astral projection. So W Pat says, don't know the people. Um, so here's the thing is you may not know them in this life, but you like, they may be spirit guides. They may be people that you've known in a past life too. So you have to, instead of going on the physical, uh, representation of the person, you have to go on the gut feeling of, is this a bad person? Is this a good person? And so we have to kind of interpret on the, on the gut feeling of that. Definitely. Yeah. Give me a call and let me know. So let's get into, let's see, we did the middle school thing. Oh, this one was a, this was a really good one. And this is from a female and this dream really threw her. And I had to do a lot of research on the meaning of this type of dream. And I had to kind of get her to expound more on the details of the dream in order to get the meaning of it. So I'm going to give you the dream uh, simplistically as she gave it to me first. And then we'll uh, see the benefit of going into the details. So here's what she wrote me. So she's saying that... Um, she had a weird dream about wooden spikes sticking out of the ground. And there was also somebody carrying metal spiked shaped things that was black with copper accents. Okay, that's all I got to go on. So I'm like, I'm asking her, were you there or were you observing? You know, what type of medium were the spikes in? Was it in water? Was it in solid land? Was it in sand? What was the color of the background? What was, how many of these things did you see? Um, so then I'm getting more details from her out of this. She's telling me she was observing the scene. The spikes seemed to be anchored in sand. There was a gray background. There was a large number of them, which I'm thinking is more than 10. And she said it, it appeared very quickly. And then in the bottom left uh, was a rectangular object that was vertical. And it looked like a two by four with a pointed tip, but not that large. And then she goes on to explain it. Later on, she sends me a picture of several obelisks. Okay. And she says that's exactly what she saw in the dream. 
Okay, so obelisks are symbolic of honor to uh, honor or memorial to gods or or some deities. They can also be representation of phallic type of sacred geometry. Um, now, so I broke it down even further for her situation. The fact that they were anchored in the sand means that there's a little bit of lack of grounding in the life and the sand is not as solid as uh, she would like. And because the obelisks, the meaning of obelisks don't really fit into what's going on with her life, I, I kind of broke that down into what does square mean and what does pyramid mean. And so square's representation is stability, which to me directly reflects the fact that they're anchored in sand. Uh, so I'm feeling like the fact that the obelisks were in sand is, is her subconscious calling attention to the, the feeling of maybe things aren't exactly stable or as secure as she would like. And the pyramid interpretation is the self and the soul. And so that's at the top of the square of these obelisks. And so her, her self or her soul is trying to communicate with her that things could be a little bit more stable or things could be a little bit more secure. Like she may have has an inter a feeling of needing things to be a little bit more secure for herself. And because there's a large number of these things, I feel like that um, that's sort of an overwhelming type of feeling that I really need some stability here. Uh, and I also feel like the gray back background is symbolic of an in-between state or a transitory state where things aren't settled. And so that's why they're gray. They're not exactly where she wants them to be. Now, this type of dream is a prophetic dream. She will never forget this dream. It is a really shout out from the subconscious trying to communicate these aspects that the subconscious needs. It's, um, representation of emotional control how, and the power struggles that are going on around her. Now, let's see if there was anything else that she said. Okay, so um, one of the things that showed up was a hooded, cloaked human. Now, this could be a, this could be representation of a monk because monks are hooded, cloaked people. Or this could be a representation of somebody that she's dealing with that has a hidden agenda. Okay. She can see them, but she can't see everything. Uh, and then everything disappears as quickly as it appears and she wakes up. Then she dreams of walking beside a lake and she comes upon these metal horses of different styles. They were antique white in color. One horse had horse reins on and the other had nothing. And the others looked like carousel horses. And they were standing at the water's edge looking away from the lake. So anytime you see water or you're immersed in water in a dream, it's, it's some type of emotional aspect that you're trying to deal with. 
And so these are maybe, I think that the horses are not real in this. So she's dealing with emotions maybe that are unrealistic or that are not real. So these may be uh, aspects of power struggles, but aspects of power struggles that are not real. And some horses have reins and some horses have not. So that means some are controlled, some the power struggles are controlled and some aren't. So something about the power and the struggle and the unrealistic nature of the situation is, is trying to be communicated to her. So her dreams were very complex. Now this last dream, I know we're going over time, but this, you know, I've been promising these dreams to be uh, interpreted. So hang in there with me to the end. Uh, this last one was a really good one. And this is a dream. It, it's actually not a dream. It's a visitation from somebody who's passed on, which there's a, a difference when you have a dream about somebody who's passed on and it's very vivid and you don't remember any or you don't forget any detail about it. It's like emblazoned on your mind. And 10 years later, you can recall every detail. That is a visitation. That is a real visitation. And um, that is not a regular dream. So this is a visitation, but it's in the landscape of the dream. So we're going to interpret it. So she's messaging me about this visitation uh, about her ex-husband who's I'm thinking he's passed on and he's showing her progress report of some of his improvements from the prior year and all of his reports were laid out in no particular order some were laying on tables other were laying in chairs his co-workers were all showing their improvements of 13 and 14 percent increase and she remembers telling all of them good job and proud of you but when her ex uh, finally finds his, there was a hundred percent increase. And so she was super proud of that. Well, initially she thinks that it may be his way of telling her that he's doing much better than he was when he left this earth. However, the more she thinks about it, the more she thinks that she may be wrong because of the following things. So what she, the things that bothers her in this visitation is that, um, let's see, let, let me read it to you. The part that is hanging me, hanging me up, I would think that anytime a person sees a report of positive improvement in themselves, that they would be happy yet in my dream, he was not, nor were his coworkers. They were not upset, um, but they weren't cheerful neither. I think the best adjective to describe it would be he was frantically searching everywhere for his report for he almost feared that it wouldn't be there. And when he finally found it, he just turned around to show me the report and he said nothing, just sort of a non-emotional look on his face. Okay. Now in visitations, normally in visitations, the person communicating with you cannot produce a voice. Okay, uh, because the language of the subconscious is strictly fit, uh, visual imagery. That's why you dream in pictures and not sounds. If you hear the person talking in your dream or your visitation, 
what's the reason why they can produce a voice is because either you or they have clairaudient abilities and that's what produces the voice. Now it bothers her that he is not producing a voice in this, but that's normal communication for the subconscious. Now, another thing is the soul spirit doesn't have that physical form anymore. And so when she's seeing images of the people that are represented in the dream, they are non-communicative. They're sort of blank because they are generated by the images are generated by her consciousness. Okay. It's produced from here because that's not what they look like anymore. Okay, they're made of pure energy, but the mind has to assign it a visual in image in order to know who that is. And so her consciousness has assigned this visual image so that she knows who it is, but it's blank because she's not really interacting with that pure soul, the feeling. Okay, so it's going to be kind of like a mannequin because it is just a generated image. So she needs to go on the feeling of it. The feeling was, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of all of you for doing so well. And we kind of get hung up on the fact that they're not talking or they're not communicating because the conscious mind is trying to make sense of all this. But um, now here's another thing that tells me that, that it was really okay. She's overanalyzing it. Uh, so he says nothing and sort of this non-emotional look on the face, but she remembers that everyone's reports were on sheets of white paper, but her ex's report was on a paper of coral. The, the color was coral, which is huge because coral is a combination of pink and orange. And what coral represents is freshness and um, revitalized energy. It's, it's a positive sign. And so the report coupled with the color of the paper tells me that the images were the, of the people with emotionless faces were simply constructs of her consciousness, the best her consciousness could produce. And, um, you know, they're trying to communicate with her that they're actually doing better after life than they did in life. And so, <coughs> uh, the fact that they're, lo he's looking for the report frantically means that they're really trying to give you what you need because you need to know this. this and so there's that frantic feeling like I'm trying to get you what you need to, I'm trying to get through to you. You know, I'm trying to make that connection. Hey to Evans Fry, good to see you. Thank you for joining us tonight. And so Tiffany, let's see what Tiffany, so Tiffany I, says, interesting, I did not know that anytime I dream of past loved ones, I always hear them speak. And so that is because you're either clairaudient or they're clairaudient. And the thing is, if you are clairaudient, where do you think you got it from? 
if family, they're you're both probably clear audience. Yeah. So Mick McGillicuddy, great show. My favorite takeaway is the visitation interpretation. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, because she overanalyzed that. And she at first took it as positive, but then was overanalyzing it and said, oh, I feel like there's something wrong with it. But there isn't. There isn't anything wrong with it. It's totally wonderful. It's totally a great visitation. And I hope that these... The reason I do these dream interpretation shows is to try to help you better figure out how to interpret your own dreams because your dreams are a direct communication with your subconscious and you can solve so many problems by doing dream interpretation and dream incubation. Hello to my beautiful neighbor, Miss Amber Benteen. Good to see you tonight. And um, I'm with that. <laughs> we're gonna close sorry this took me an extra week to get here amber says i feel like i try too hard sometimes and mess up the whole thing <laughs> me too amber like i want to remember the next morning that messes it up now so here we go <laughs> i'm going to okay amber here we go here we go here we go that's the book you need okay the awakened dreamer now here let me let me just show you a couple of more dreams let me give you a chance to scan these codes but you know I just my personal experience I really stand behind uh, dream incubation I think it is one of the best um, self-help tools that you could ever do here's one of the books that I recommend on my Amazon shop, Dream Incubation for Greater Self-Awareness. So what you first have to do is to practice dream recall, okay? And there are specific techniques to do that. I probably should do a class on that. But um, you do the dream recall and then in dream incubation, you teach yourself how to pose your question on what you need solved to your subconscious before you go to sleep through certain repetitive techniques and then when you do dream recall that night you will be dreaming the answer to your question <laughs> i mean can it get any easier but um you know it is a little bit of work you like you do have to practice your dream recall you've got to figure out at what time you know your your best dreams are happening in the middle of the night and that takes a little bit of work but you know it's totally free you it is this is very doable and the answers are coming directly from your subconscious and they are for your higher good that can i mean and that's that's something you can trust 100 is that it's coming in for your higher good back to this in case you feel like you know you want to buy me a cup of coffee there's the scan code <laughs> and with that i'm going to sign off i really appreciate all you guys tuning in and um we'll definitely talk to you next monday night in the meantime i really hope you guys have a fabulous week and that things go your way and things are good for you. 
And until then, kisses from Kentucky, and I will see you next Monday.